chapter two of transition this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. transition by emma francis brooke chapter two honora sat more upright and looked at her father wonderingly it is well honora he began that now you have returned to me a beautiful and completed instrument i should make a confidence to you of the spiritual experience through which god has led me during the last few years of my life in mercy to my incapacity this surpassing revelation has come to me slowly you apprehend me my daughter yes father of course said honora who thought no nut too hard for her intellectual teeth to crack i am the more led to speak with you now and openly that i recall with extraordinary vividness my own return from that alma mater whose memory i cherish to the day of my death little did i dream honora when god gave me a daughter instead of the desired son and then took my beloved wife your mother from me that he gave me the two gifts in one and that i should live to see a day like this for in my youth and middle age the estate of woman was not as now honora smiled where incessu patuit dea continued the rector and we who were young then knew not of this appearance upon our earth of a woman transformed in so far as being mentally equipped as man and yet retaining her inimitable tenderness and grace that is also a great gift and to me a special mercy shall i record my experiences my daughter pray do father said honora with a somewhat shrinking manner it was continued the rector at the university that my own spiritual birth took place and therefore your return from the university seems a fitting occasion for this confidence i had indeed a mind already consecrated to the service of god and his church but it was under the influence of the wonderful reawakening of spirituality in the church which has been described as the tractarian movement that the true significance of my own vocation came to me he paused for a moment honora was looking at him with mingled distrust and perplexity it was as though something droned on in a dream and disturbed her thinking with a vague vexation the rector's eyes were fixed on some heavenly horizon of his own and he remarked nothing of her demeanour i know little honora he continued presently of the state of religious feeling in cambridge at the present day from your university sprang the evangelical and broad church movements concerning these it is not mine to judge yet i have sorrowed over this as being something which delays the perfect unity of the church and it was said by st ignatius that should any go after him who makes a schism in the church he shall not inherit the kingdom of god i would hope honora that your following is not of the broad or evangelical movement the rector's voice trembled a little and he looked at his daughter in a suspense tempered by charity 
neither movement said honora shortly then you will the better understand how that marvellous revival of the early christian life in our dying church affected my young mind i suppose i can said honora whose heart began to sicken you will apprehend how that realization of immediate spiritual descent from the first founders and bishops and if i may in great meekness and reverence touch on that great truth from the very christ himself by the laying on of hands laid hold of my life and how i beheld our mundane existence as a perpetual sacramental service in which not i alone and those with me who were of the same mind should join but nature itself in its harmonious obedience to the single law of god as was said by st clement the heavens moving by his appointment are subject to him in peace day and night accomplish the courses that he has allotted them not disturbing one another so that as his minister i sought carefully day by day lest i should miss his steps and fail of his command yet honora such is the blindness even of eyes that seek for the light that i now know i have been failing during years to understand the still small voice of his guidance he lifted his hand and there was a look on his face as though the solemn surprise of some strange revelation still haunted him honora shuddered she knew not why all about and around her young self-assured life something was flowing that was dark to her foreign now listen continued her father to what befell me six years ago especially did i fear lest i should lose for him one of those sheep over whom he had appointed me shepherd and it happened that searching my parish books to see if any of my flock were neglected of me i came to a name known to me only by repute and that a tarnished one the name was piers norbury i know whom you mean said honora glad to touch something of earth again the old chartist weaver and poacher a disreputable man and yet said the rector rather quickly the instrument appointed by god to confound me as i read the name i remembered that i had never called upon the man having shrunk from my duty to one who was notorious in his contempt for the church and whom i knew not whether to describe as dissenter or atheist that same evening i went out to visit him you know the cottage honora it lies in the wildest part of the country amongst the hills but i reached the place before sunset and knocked the door was open and i saw an old man of a reverend appearance seated at a table reading and i knew that the book was the bible the lord said i has passed before me on the way at that moment he looked up and without speaking fixed his eyes upon me in such a manner that i found myself confused and the words i had prepared died on my lips they were very lonely eyes honora i knew the look for i myself have experienced the loneliness of life and the filling of that loneliness with things supernatural seeing my hesitation he gravely invited me in and this without moving and keeping his horny hands folded on the open page of the bible the impression of god in man had never before so overcome me peers i said let us read in that book together i he said you who call yourself a minister of christ read in this page before me 
he turned the bible pointing with his hand a sunbeam red with evening fell through the dusty window and lay upon the page and upon his rugged finger a mist was before my eyes and i searched for my glasses i remembered how christ had said where two or three are gathered together there am i in the midst and i knew that he was with us then i got my glasses and silently read where the old chart is pointed and they were the very words of christ himself woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for ye devour widows houses do not ye after their works for they say and do not for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers such were the lines towards which his finger moved often and often had i read these words but now they shook me again he paused and this time a very deep sigh escaped him all this is the merest mysticism thought honora to herself she was careful to keep silent because that seemed the better part of discretion by no means prepared to acquaint her father with the absolute divergence of their opinions she was simply afraid that argument about details would prolong the ordeal her eyes were fixed wearily upon him and so far her uppermost thought was that the time she might have devoted to work preparatory to mr littleton's visit was slipping away you have heard of the chartist movement honora said the rector presently of course yes said honora glad of anything as familiar as the testing of her knowledge norbury had been a chartist when young he was in the very heart of the movement he knew o'brien cooper and other of the leaders he had heard the demagogues fergus o'connor stevens and so on speak at one time his own name was well known in the villages and regularly mentioned in the northern star they were all demagogues i suppose said honora lifting her hand to pat one side of her hair not so returned mr kemble gently there were distinctions between men here as elsewhere the enthusiasm was real which procured such faithful adherence i found that norbury for instance still lived in the movement and the movement in him the chartist movement said honora vaguely i thought it was all over ages ago long before i was born nothing that has the seed of truth in it dies ever at the time of the agitation norbury was a young man but i repeat it is not dead in him indeed said honora there were words some of them coarse enough in their ruthless truth which had been burnt into his heart in those early fervid moments of his youth and from them the fire had not yet escaped some of them terrible words to me he repeated he repeated coarse words to you cried honora indignantly just so said the rector calmly who has exempted us from the buffets of truth the face of our lord was submitted to the buffeting of falsehood and shall we refuse those of truth you remember fergus o'connor honora faintly coloured the chartist movement was represented in her mind by half a page of history and the demagogues who led it were undistinguished one from another my education has been classical said she in reproachful reference to her honours ah returned the rector absently o'connor was a man upon whom norbury once pinned his faith 
what pathos resembles that of these shepherdless sheep in search of a true shepherd it was o'connor who in one of his popular speeches made use of the remark that he supposed the rich parsons who uttered the words of the beautiful collect preserved to our use the kindly fruits of the earth gave the editorial meaning to the pronoun and in their hearts signified by the petition preserved to my use this o'connor was a vulgar person i presume said honora it is a bitter thing my daughter said the rector now looking gravely into her eyes when truth reaches us in a coarse jest honora made an inquiring movement of the head she was puzzled but the solemn earnestness of her father's manner kept alive that beat of apprehension with which the interview had opened father she cried at last seeing that he awaited some response what can the words and opinions of a disreputable person have to do with you and me the methods of god have often been in strange disguises returned the rector i recall that the spiritual revival of the church named the tractarian movement had been simultaneous in time with this movement of the people at the very moment when my spirit bathed itself most in the inspirations of the one the other was not far from me i myself even then felt the stirring of that other passing wing once at the season of the so-called riots i was present at the passing of a crowd of the workers and when i saw those stricken faces those weary eyes and stern accusing brows which yet were exalted by resolve and hope as one sees the eyes of the diseased and dying lit up by spiritual and eternal hope i was shaken and troubled and my conscience was uneasy as though i it might be were guilty in the matter mindful of this feeling i asked of my god what have i to do with these but silence followed on my question and it may be i forgot that i had asked it yet the answers of god wait long the rector paused honora waited also in suspense and alarm honora he began again solemnly why did the tractarian movement after the extraordinary outpouring of the spirit which marked it in the beginning seem to go under and fail in the end how can i tell replied honora almost sharply was it not continued the rector because it divorced itself from that other movement it may be so said honora who can acquit the church of sin in this matter of the sins of covetousness and blood guiltiness of other care they little reckoning make than how to scramble at the shearer's feast and shove away the worthy bidden guest milton was not quite unprejudiced said honora just so he returned but the accusation is old what is new is to refer that accusation to one's self yet the church has never wholly forgotten the neglected vow of poverty the duty and fashion of poverty she herself has laid over and over again upon her ministers as one lays upon the consecrated a special garment poverty repeated honora her heart shrinking from the word as from the prick of a needle of poverty returned the rector firmly of poverty which our lord laid on us provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor scrip for your journey neither two coats neither shoes nor yet staves 
but i when i began my journey sought first for my living and coming here to be the shepherd of souls taxed without a question or remorse my luxury upon the poor and settled myself upon them as a burden to be kept not in that meat of which the workman is worthy but in repletion and display father what can you mean cried honora now in serious alarm have i not to remember my daughter that to the weary and the struggling and the heavy laden i have called not come but give he opened his hands and stretched them out and apart with the palms upwards he had forgotten honora and honora knew it she was listening now intently enough and that with terrified surmise she felt as one hurried along a dark place which narrows ever more swiftly and closely to an inevitable point it was a great sin said the rector under his breath you will understand honora that i went back to the neglected history of those early days and studied it in the light of the chartist movement i read the indictment which the people's charter brought against the receivers of rent and tithe i compared it with holy writ behold the hire of the labourers who have reaped down your fields which is of you kept down by fraud crieth two great facts struck to my heart of hearts during this study the church did nothing to further the efforts of the leaders of social reform and the leaders of social reform distrusted accused and opposed the church between the two burning inspirations of the day there was strife instead of cooperation the church has always had its enemies murmured honora in a low unquiet voice wondering what was driving her to defend an institution she despised enemies of the church were not alone the accusers the good and pious shaftesbury complains that out of sixteen thousand clergy at that time in england only fifty came forward to help him to redeem the children from the mines fifty only were mindful of his words who said feed my lambs shaftesbury tells us that the clergy were cowed by capital and power they betrayed christ to mammon i find none he says who cry aloud and spare not the rector leaned over the table covering his face with his hands deep silence fell within the room broken only by his heavy laboured breathing display of emotion was not common to him and demonstrativeness was foreign to honora she disliked it and rarely found herself touched by it she was not touched now her feeling was of simple fear and of horrible surmise when her father raised his face it was whiter than it had been father why didst thou form the flowers they blossom not for us or ours why didst thou clothe the fields with corn robbers from us our share have torn quoted the rector solemnly this time honora could put no title to the poem it struck her as shocking doggerel and she winced at hearing it from her father's lips lips that seemed adapted only to the classical and scholarly was his brain touched there was a collectedness in his manner and a clearness in his statements which forbade the idea he became more and more earnest yet never frantic he put his case with firm moderation there was deliberation and purpose in every sentence he spoke it was this that caused her to listen with something beyond the lenient respect which was her habitual attitude towards him 
what it was all leading up to she really could not at present conjecture but it was detestable to be met with something so mystical yes and dismaying on the first evening of her return home on the very threshold of her career she looked at the clock and then arranged the ribbon of her dress to which the artistic pocket holding her handkerchief was attached she passed her fingers over her eyebrows and smoothed them out so as to keep down a frown will you not understand honora he continued that once i discovered that a part of my life had gone unproved and uncontrolled i set myself to examine it hitherto that important part of existence the means by which i lived had not been assumed by me to be a part of personal duty i had practised the rule of asceticism and of personal humility but i had gone no further so far the law of my lord went here it had stopped the gathering of my tithes lay in the hands of my lawyer and agent i determined that i would look into my own responsibilities and would perform this task for myself it had become necessary for me to know whence i reaped my luxuries i went myself from farm to farm and found in many instances that the faces of my parishioners darkened at my appearance when i made inquiries stories of hardship were told me and signs of bitterness exhibited in occasional cases i found that the farmers ground the faces of the labourers and stole the tithe from wages it was coke who said the bread of the poor is the life of the poor and he who defraudeth them is a man of blood but father this was the tithe it was your right cried honora it was the tithe clement instructs us that in the eucharistic celebration not only the bread and wine but the tithes and first fruits had in the early church a definite place amid eucharistic offerings an offering you understand honora not to god's minister but to god himself such a thought illustrated to the point of anguish what i learned in my inquiries throughout the parish i had traced the consecrated offering to its source it had been spared by the sweat and suffering of the poor to be a gift to the lord and i had unhesitatingly consumed it on my own luxury dear father said honora in a frightened tone i am sure you have been ill i am sure you exaggerate no said the rector sorrowfully and quietly it was merely that my eyes were opened pascal again a later writer honora and one not of the authority of the fathers yet one deeply informed in spiritual truth shows us how god dwelt hidden beneath the veil of nature until the incarnation hiding himself again beneath the veil of humanity and returning to dwell with us now to the end in the mystic obscurity of the eucharistic elements the eucharistic elements which in the early church comprehensively included the tithes and first fruits it was in the light of that truth most solemnly borne in upon me in the moment that i recognized my sin that i reconsidered my position re-read the holy scriptures and formed my resolve he beckoned to her signing that she should seat herself by his side and she rose and did so unwillingly he turned the leaves of the bible calmly pointing out portions for her to read they were mainly prophetic denunciations such as he had quoted before he read aloud to her chosen passages from the fathers passages touching on the rule of life for the early christian more especially for the bishop or the servant of the flock there was no hurry neither was there fever in his manner 
a furtive glance from honora satisfied her upon this point and she did not know whether she were more alarmed or relieved by it the passages were simple direct and beyond the possibility of miscomprehension from a churchman's point of view they were conclusive when all was read he turned again towards his daughter do you follow me honora said he very gently the two looked into one another's eyes there was fear in her face pathos in his ah said he faintly turning away from her and leaning back in his chair father i do not in the least understand said honora almost querulously i had thought said the rector brokenly you would have followed me that it might be i should have won your encouragement and co-operation of course i understand what you have said returned honora but not what it leads up to she made the last remark in the desperate spirit of one who is assured that the worst is coming and would fain know what it is will it be too hard for you my child said the rector with an accent of self-reproach would that i could spare you honora spare me what cried the girl now with a real beat of anguish in her voice believe me carissima it is for your sake only i have hesitated had it not been for you i should have acted long since i besought the lord with prayers and tears to spare you my daughter my tenderly nurtured one and i could not find it in my heart to curtail the splendid expectation of your education or diminish your imagining of what your home return would be you find me in your home externally such as you would look for yes why of course exclaimed honora there was an intrusion of the image of the green drawing-room in her mind but at that moment she clung to it as to something precious upon which she had meditated an outrage but as i am now and as your home is now it will no longer be how is that father what is going to happen cried honora in a thin voice and with a shaft of fire in her heart for six years honora i have found it as impossible to touch the money that is called the tithe as i should find it to take for my own use the money from the offertory father what cried honora dizzily i shall never be able to touch the tithe again god's hand withholds me i have not i repeat touched it for six years but what does it mean it has not changed i was at college but home seemed the same during the last six years you and i honora have lived on my small capital lived on our capital exclaimed honora a burning blush demonstrating how practically the most elegant woman can appreciate the bearings of a money question just so the expenditure has for your sake been at the usual rate and the capital always small is diminished besides the little that is left there remains the income of one hundred and fifty pounds which i received as your mother's dowry it is mine until my death and afterwards yours i design honora what has become of the tithes of the church income of the living i mean interrupted honora in pale bewilderment i have laid that up in safety against the day when i shall know what is the lord's will concerning it the living is not gone asked honora pressing her tiny handkerchief against her lips the tithes are paid as before but not to me or for me said the rector 
honora caught at hope in this collapse of all those sheltering walls of dependent wealth here at least was firm footing left the living was still there there were whole years of income probably banked it had not been expended as the capital had it was not gone the thought allayed the wild tumult of anxiety which had made every vein and pulse in her body momentary centres of pain then her habitual equality to any kind of occasion steadied her she would not despair of altering her father's decision of combating this extraordinary phase by healthy reasonable methods and then she thought of leslie littleton and his approaching visit it was as though amongst troubled waters her feet had touched a rock i interrupted you said she turning to her father with a calmer look you were speaking of my mother's income i design that for you honora said the rector in eager response to the softening of her manner i would not force upon you the poverty i design for myself i shall content myself with the one hundred pounds of interest on our remaining capital this will cover all the expenses i intend to permit myself and will be ample repayment for the work i do i owe to my flock many years of superfluous luxury i must live sparely now the one hundred and fifty pounds which belong to your mother is yours one hundred and fifty honora's instant thought was of the utter inadequacy of the sum to the cost of that life which she had designed for herself and her father's income reduced to one hundred two hundred and fifty by which to carry on the rectory and maintain their position in the county it was enough perhaps for bare personal needs at a pinch but the frame the environment the setting what had become of the scheme of her years as she had sketched it she stared at her father blankly and when the wistful old eyes saw the hard uncomprehending look of fear and shock in the young face before him he winced and closed the bible and moved back his chair we will talk of this later on said he wearily retire now my child End of chapter two